In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins, and by your Holy Spirit increase in us true knowledge of you, and of your will, and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us, and has given his only Son to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. Amen. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Alleluia. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Alleluia. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men. Who keeps our soul among the living? and does not allow our feet to be moved. Glory to the Father, to the Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth, alleluia. Sing out the honor of his name, make his praise glorious, alleluia. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord. 
For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Almighty God, you show those in error the light of your truth, so that they may return to the way of righteousness. Grant faithfulness to all who are admitted into the fellowship of Christ's church, that they may avoid whatever is contrary to their confession, 
and follow all such things as are pleasing to you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday of Easter is recorded in the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The epistle is recorded in the Apostle Peter's first letter, chapter 2. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable if, because of conscience toward God, one endures grief 
suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us stand to hear the Holy Gospel. Alleluia! He has sent redemption to his people. Alleluia! Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Alleluia! The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says? A little while. We do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you, that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore you now have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us confess the faith with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, and for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again 
according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. I would like to preach on all of the readings today, but I can't. Isaiah 40 is so encouraging. 
Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. Yet our perceptions at times are that he is asleep and that he faints and he is weary and it is not true. He gives power to the weak, to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is why we gather to receive the Lord's word and sacrament for apart from these gifts, we faint and we are weary. But we shall meditate most extensively upon the gospel for today, the words of Jesus, and the reaction of the disciples in the upper room on Holy Thursday. John 16, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says? A little while. We do not know what he is saying. Isn't that fantastic? Confusion. They'd been with him for over three years It's Holy Thursday night, the night of his betrayal, and they are utterly clueless. I don't know what he's saying. What is this little while? Perceptions are not always reality. Have you noticed that in your own lives? You know, the things that you thought were this way turned out to be that way. I don't know about all of these predictions that we're hearing today, because they go up and down and no expert seems to be correct, but I do know one thing, and that is the word of God is the truth. And it's the only ground of certainty, source of comfort, or source of hope. The way we think things may be are not always true. This past week, I went to Fleet Farm and picked up three 25-pound bags of fertilizer, five 40-pound bags of solar salt, And after paying for them, the checker asked if I needed help loading them into my car. For her, obviously, I guess, I was getting too old to be lifting these sacks into my trunk. She must have saw the gray hair and realized that they weren't highlights that Beth put in there after she gave me a haircut. From my perception, I mean, I'm in my 20s. Well, that's not exactly the case. How we perceive things to be may not always be the truth. And that is the case for the disciples on numerous occasions throughout the passion of our Lord. What they thought they could do, they couldn't do, and what they thought should not have happened is the very thing that needed to happen. Our gospel occurs in that section of St. John's Gospel 13 through 17, it's all this catechesis of Jesus on the night of his betrayal. They had just finished this Passover feast. 
And then Jesus laid aside his garments, filled water into a basin, girded himself with a towel, got down on his knees, and washed the disciples' dirty feet. For Peter, his perception is that this is not right. This is beneath the Lord's dignity, that he should stoop to wash my feet. But he was wrong. He was dead wrong. What he thought should have happened was absolutely the opposite. And Jesus said, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. It is as if he were saying, if I do not forgive you, you have no part with me. Do you know what I have done for you? You call me Lord and Master, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You also ought to forgive one another. You also ought to lay down your lives as I am about to do. Well, they did not get this at all. Now, Peter went on to have still more problems with his perceptions. Jesus then told them that he was going to die, that they should follow him. And Peter at that time said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. I'll even go to death rather than deny you. But again, his perception about his own spiritual strength and health was wrong. It was dead wrong. He had no such strength. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, this day before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you know me. As if to redeem himself, again, he had the idea that what he needed to do was fight for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he lops off the ear of the high priest's servant. Again, his perception of what he should do and how he should react were wrong. And then finally, he denied his Lord, just as Jesus said in the courtyard of the high priest. Jesus' word was vindicated in the failure of Peter, who perceived everything incorrectly. Left to ourselves, life is full of uncertainty, misperceptions, and confusion. As I said, Jesus talked a lot to the disciples that that evening after supper. It was filled with glorious catechesis upon the person and work of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, who would bring to remembrance everything that he said to them. That was a good thing because if the Holy Spirit didn't bring to remembrance and cause them to write faithfully the New Testament, we would be clueless today. But he also made wonderful promises to them in the night of his betrayal. And you know many of these promises so very well. Like, for example, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Or, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Or, one of my favorites, it's a subtle prediction of his resurrection, I will not leave you orphans. He would die, and they would seem as if their spiritual father was taken from them, but they would see him again. I will not leave you orphans. Or perhaps one of the most memorable in that whole section of catechesis, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And as if he is speaking to us in May of 2020, peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid. 
When the disciples heard those promises, like you heard those promises just now, we can say that they believed every word that Jesus spoke to them. Every word of it. And yet they didn't. They trusted Jesus' word. They were comforted by it. And yet they didn't trust. And they were not comforted. They were certain that they would remain loyal to him who had spoken such words of life to them. But they didn't. What they did not perceive was just how powerful the suffering and the threat to their own life and livelihood would be to tear them away from Jesus. We are no different. It's easy when we're in our teens and we say in the confirmation liturgy, I will suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from you, Lord Jesus. But then when we're faced with things that rattle us, all that courage, all that perceived strength is gone. One of the ironies about their running away from Jesus, about their being scandalized by his death, is that he clearly had predicted it. The Son of Man must go to Jerusalem, suffer at the hands of the chief priests and elders of the people, be delivered to the Romans, and the third day rise again. But it was as if they heard none of it. And in his catechesis that night, he also told them plainly, in words not far from the gospel reading, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Remember, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. I have to wonder, what was going through their minds when they were hearing those words? It was just an hour or so before his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. Or what went through their minds when they heard, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. These things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you. And when the time came, it is as if he never spoke the words to them. They didn't remember, did they? Again, their perception of their own spiritual strength was dead wrong. We're no different. There is some honesty in today's gospel, though, isn't there? It's those words that I reread at the beginning of the sermon. They finally admitted to being totally and completely confused. What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. We do not know what he is saying. Fantastic. That's something we should be able to identify with. These guys, well-trained by Jesus, over three years of ministry, and they are clueless. Well, we know what Jesus was talking about. This little while referred to that passion that was beginning that night, where he would be arrested, brutally treated, falsely accused, delivered to Pontius Pilate, scourged and nailed to the cross. And they saw his lifeless body taken down and laid into the tomb. It was 
a little while, though while they were enduring it, it seemed to be of interminable length. In a little while, I will be crucified. Your world will be turned completely upside down. You will be thrown into confusion. You will weep and lament. The world will rejoice. But your sorrow will be turned to joy. Like a woman whose labor pangs give way to the birth of new life. We need to identify with the disciples. One of the causes of their sorrow was not only seeing their Lord die such a brutal and horrible death, but how it caused them to doubt the things that they otherwise knew to be sure and certain. Again, we need to identify with them. It is the same thing for us, every single one of us. And when they saw him suffer so horribly, they were also coming face to face with their own sin. And they came to understand their sin by experiencing at the heart of sin is unbelief. It is doubt. It is this confusion, misperception, this theology of glory. When our faith is threatened, when our lives are threatened, when we are facing the prospect of losing those things that we don't want to lose, the things we love most, we often respond in the same way. But perhaps the greatest misperception of the disciples was that they did not truly fathom the full depth of Christ's love for them. Is it not true when we are attacked by the accusation of sin and when we fall prey to the weaknesses of our flesh? Is it not true that we're sometimes haunted, how can we possibly be saved from our sin? As if there must be at least a little bit of something inside of us that is worth redeeming, worth Jesus dying on the cross. You're not too bad, you're mostly bad, but I'll take care of the rest. But to realize the depth of their sin by the experience of it, and to still have a Savior who would lay down his life for them. The greatest misperception is the height and the depth and the breadth of the unfathomable, undeserved grace of God in Christ's sacrifice. Jesus speaks of the time of suffering as a little while. <laughs> when we're going through those times of suffering in our lives, it never seems like a little while. The little while of doubt and fear can be the worst. It was for the disciples. But Jesus' promises are true. Even when they do not seem to human reason to be true. You will weep, he said, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you will be sorrowful, and there's nothing wrong with that. But your sorrow will be turned to joy. And when did it happen? When he appeared in the upper room and he said, peace be with you. Imparting them a peace which surpasses human understanding, something that human reason cannot fully fathom, the peace 
that learns to believe through the things that we suffer, that we stand right with God, righteous and holy, reconciled to the Father, to a life that can never be taken from us. And they saw him face to face, and their sorrow was turned to joy, and that joy no one could take from them. It was a joy that was anchored in the forgiveness of their sins and the absolutely, categorically free gift of his love and righteousness. You now have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. We have a foretaste of that eternal joy now. When we gather together to sing, so we must gather together to sing, even if there aren't very many, so help us God. And it is why we kneel at the altar to receive his body and blood, and we must So help us, God. For in his word and in his sacraments, we have a foretaste of the feast to come and of the joy that no one can take from us, a joy that is rooted in the selfless, sacrificial love of God in Jesus. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us stand for prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, create in us clean hearts. Renew in us a right spirit. Restore to us by the merits and word of our Savior the joy of your salvation and uphold us under the cross of affliction with peace and joy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We give thanks to you and commend our brothers Andrew, Stauber, Mark, Thony, Corey, Venkataswaran, and Sharon Murphy celebrating baptismal birthdays. We give thanks to you for the wedding anniversaries of Kathy and Larry Drehos, Jack and Deborah Christofferson, Jim and Kathleen Miller, Doug and Pat Palm. Sustain them all by your grace and spirit that they may be faithful unto death and so receive the crown of life that never fades. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to you our civil rulers, all those in authority over us. Deliver us from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. Grant them wisdom in all that they do for the common welfare of our nation and the world, and especially for the sake of your church that the word of Christ may not be bound, but have free course. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we commend you our brother Jeremy and his family as he battles ALS. Walter suffering with an inoperable tumor, Pat recovering from a back injury, Carl from hip surgery, and Kurt and Lois in hospice care. Grant them to abide in your grace. Attend them with your holy angels. Grant them your peace, deliver them from fear, sustain them in the blessed hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands we commend all those who grieve the death of loved ones. 
especially the family of Professor Adolf Harstadt, whose son-in-law died suddenly. Grant them the courage of the resurrection and the hope of Job that their Redeemer lives. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty and eternal God, we adore you as the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And with the whole church on earth and the whole hosts of heaven, we ascribe to you honor and blessing, thanksgiving and praise. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. You created us in your own image and redeemed us with the precious blood of your Son. By your Spirit, you sanctified us and called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Grant that we may, with thankful hearts, receive these great mercies and express our gratitude not only with our lips but also in our lives as we give ourselves to your service and walk before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Deliver us from sin and error, from the frailties of the flesh, the allurements of this present age, and the temptations of the devil. Grant us faith that works in love, hope that never disappoints, kindness that never fails, confidence in you that never wavers, patience that does not grow weary, and courage, always to be ready to confess Christ, that we may live in your mercy and die in your peace. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Praise my soul.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who is sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, grant us thy peace. Amen. We will commune in two tables in the nave, the lectern side of the church first, followed by the pulpit side.
the body of Christ given for you. 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 blood of Christ shed for you. The 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 blood of Christ shed for you. Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. given for you, the body of Christ 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 given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. blood of Christ shed for you. The 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 body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
body of Christ given for you. The 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 body of Christ given for you. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace. Amid all sadness, Jesus saw.